Hey, MW, I'm Melissa. And I'm Stephanie Carcace. And we are two sisters and your hosts of Millennial Women Talk, the podcast, the number one place for millennial women looking to elevate their lives, mind, body, and soul. And we are so grateful that you're sharing your time with us today. By tuning into this episode, you're investing in becoming the best version of you. And we're just thrilled to be on this journey together. In today's episode of Millennial Women Talk, we welcome Elena Cardone. Elena is a powerhouse and the wife of Grant Cardone. She is the author of Build an Empire, a book about creating, building, and defending an extraordinary career and marriage. She's a speaker, a coach, and most recently has partnered up with EXP Realty. She is now a licensed realtor who plans on building the largest real estate team across the globe, helping thousands of people create generational wealth through real estate powered by EXP. In this episode, Elena opens up and shares with us what it takes to have it all, the mindset you need to adapt in order to achieve whatever it is that you desire and powerful words of encouragement that will honestly leave you feeling ready to take on the world. Here is our full conversation with Elena Cardone. So what I want to ask you first, well, first we have to start from the beginning because your dream was to be an actress. And I I have to say, I resonate a lot with your story because I too moved to Los Angeles to be an actress at 17. So a lot of your story is very similar to mine. That's a young (laughs) age. Yes. Right. I always think about like, how did our, we're sisters. And I'm like, how did our parents let me do that? That's a little crazy. Mine didn't have a choice, (laughs) but yes. Yes. And I too didn't know anybody either. And I was just me and my little Chihuahua Romeo. That was, that was it. <laughs> That's all you needed. That's all I needed. So I would love to know, how did you get into building this empire, real estate, businesses, speaking, writing books, courses, girl, you do all the things. Where'd you go from acting to that? How did that journey come to be? Well, in 2008, okay, so in 2004, I met my husband, uh, didn't meet him, sorry, I married him in 2004, but I was still operating as this girl from New Orleans, Louisiana, who moved to LA at 17, who had to be the strong, independent woman, never depend on a man for anything. So finally, at 30, I, you know, I I tapped out, I surrendered, I married him, but uh, from 2004 to 2008, the first four years of our marriage, we were vying for like power positions. And we weren't really, I didn't realize this then. I, it took hindsight to look back and see this. But we were, I was busy vying for power in this kind of woman male role. And we weren't working together in a coordinated effort to like go places together. It was kind of like I was still going to do me, 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 with or without you even though we were in a marriage. Didn't realize that. But 2008 happened. I'm pregnant with our first child. So there's no acting jobs for me. You know, I know how it is. (laughs) Well, I I don't have children yet, but I get it. Right. right? Right. No jobs. Economic collapse happens. We 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 fall uh, victim to some um, con artist, and now we find ourselves in a legal issue where we're being sued. It was ridiculous. So it was like one hit after the other in 2008. And it really became, how are we going to survive this? Like, how are we not going to lose everything? So in that moment, I kind of had to get realistic and really look at things. And Grant had a better chance of moving the ball down the field. He had a better chance of supporting our family financially than I did. 
And so I was like, well, I can keep doing what I'm doing, which is nothing at the moment because <laughs> I'm not working or right. I can trade in the acting career. And then I had these visions of an empire and what that would take and how I could flow all of my strengths into the infrastructure and creating the behind the scenes operations in order for Grant to really be successful in the business. And so that's what I did. It was a risky move. I I, I risked having girls like hate me for it and call me a sellout. But it was a bet that, you know, um, however many years later, 12, 14 years later, turned out to be not such a bad deal for me. Yeah, not at all. (laughs) And, you know, it's very interesting because what you're saying is very powerful, especially for women. And you talk a lot about knowing your role in relationships Talk to us a little bit about that, because I also see with you, like, I envision you as the neck and Grant as the head and like the neck moves where the head (laughs) goes. So I know that you, you know, you you say that women saw that as a sellout, but I think there's a lot of power in that. Can you speak a little bit about that? Well, there is a tremendous amount of power in that, but I didn't realize that at the time because, you know, I thought I had to do everything on my own, which I feel like a lot of women cut their nose off despite their face because they feel they have to do everything and men don't. And that's where we can learn from men because men will use or, um, and and I, I literally don't mean that in a bad way, but they will use whomever to achieve their mission and they don't have to be thinking, oh, I have to prove myself as this independent, strong man. They don't have that going on where we have to be superhero. We have to be this and this and this and all these roles. And you can't function like that. No one's built an empire alone, period. You need Mm -hmm. people and you need to depend on people or it doesn't work. There's no such thing as a solopreneur. You know, you can't make it on your own. You can start, you can have an idea on your own, but you're going to need people in order to create an empire. I do want to make this clarification, knowing your role in the relationship. I would never as a woman tell another woman what their role is And I don't define roles based on masculine, feminine. I define know your roles based on being realistic with your strengths and weaknesses and dallying them up that way. So I get to be the boss of everything that I'm the strong suit of naturally. And he gets to be the boss of everything that he's in uh, the strong suit over. And those become our roles. I become the in charge, the boss, the general of this area, this area, this area. So we're no longer fighting. We already know who's the boss of that area. We're equal in marriage, but we're not equal in all the parts. In certain parts, I'm the boss, he's the junior. In other parts, he's the boss, I'm the junior. But in the relationship, (laughs) we're both equal, but not in the parts. You understand? So it eliminated a lot of bickering, trying to vie for power, because we already figured that out. We already know who does what. And it allowed us to work together each operating 100% in our divisions and bringing that to the table to keep bringing us forward. So we're not like, I'm not trying to run the business because that's where he's a master. I mean, he's a sensei. He's not even black belt. He's sensei, not, not, forget male, female. Like no, not a lot of people can touch what he knows in business. I'm not gonna go then say I'm equal in marriage. I'm gonna run the business. That's not smart. I it's not logical. That. I right. love that. And you're so practical. Oh, yeah. So it's just so good. But you know, it's interesting because as people know, you both are powerful. You both step into your power, right? And as a couple, how are you guys able to say, 
I mean, I don't know if this even happened. Did you sit down on a table and say, here are my strengths, here are my strengths, and then come to like, how did you get to that place of saying, this is my role, this is your role, and still have a healthy, loving marriage? We did exactly that. We sat down oh, and we good. said, this is the strengths, <laughs> this is the weaknesses, this is, you know, and, and we said, I'm the boss. So, you know, uh, it's clear he's the boss of the business. He has the track record. He's done it multiple times. I have not. I am an actress. I am a visionary. I am an artist. I don't know. I, I know, like, I'm honest with myself. I'm not degrading myself. I just know what I know. I'm not good with numbers. I don't like math. It's not, that's not my strong suit. My strong suit is used better in other areas where I don't have to go take years of training in an area that I'm not like ever going to have a desire to be good in. So he's the boss of the business. We made that establishment. Like, look, I am the bouncing board. I can offer the advice, the creativity, uh, and where I can provide creativity, ideas, this, this, this. At the end of the day, he makes the executive decisions. And I, whether I agree or not, will stand behind him because he is a trusted source on that role. For me, it is a more traditional sense of the male-female role, but it just so happens that my strengths are running the household and running behind-the-scenes operations and deciding who gets to be in the... I, I protect, like, like I have this... I, I'm just... I'm crazy. Like, I'm very <laughs> aware of people and protection of the empire. And Grant is not, that is not his strong suit. He thinks I'm overboard in those areas. I don't think I'm overboard. So I run those areas and he just has to deal with it. Every single decision that is made under the roof of our household is my decision. And he has to respect that. And I have to remind him, you know, even as a father, like, you know, like I run the kids, I run everything that the kids do from their activities to where they're going to go to school to if they can have sugar to this to that, you know what I'm saying? And he has to take a back seat. And the kids know that mom is the boss of the house. And it, and it, and it kind of sucks in one way, because he always gets to have all the fun and like be fun dad where I'm like, no, it's going to be run like this, 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 boom, boom, yeah. but bedtimes, this, 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 you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I love that. I love that you I, said that. I love that you keep on saying the word empire. And I think it's a it's a, it's a state it's a of mentality, mm -hmm. right? I, I would love for you to speak on this kind of empire mentality that you have going on, because I think that could be really interesting for people to actually adapt in their own personal lives. Yeah, it is a mentality. I'm glad you brought that up. It's, it's just an awareness, first of all, like just being aware that there can be something bigger. Because that's not how I was raised. I was raised to not have awareness and to live a normal life and to be very thankful and appreciative of that normal life. And um, there was so so the the concept of an empire, first and foremost, is the awareness that there can be something bigger. And unless you have an awareness of it, you you don't really have a target to achieve or aim for. Like, so an empire puts something in your sights, your line of fire to say yes, to make a commitment, a decision. And anything always starts with a commitment. I make a, a commitment. I want to not think normal. I want to think outside of the box. I want to have an empire. So an empire is about an abundance. It can sustain a hit. It can uh, sustain somebody in the family getting sick. It has abundance and resources and people and finances and integrity and honor and respect and 
to be able to sustain hits, whereas a normal life doesn't. A normal life is very um, delusional because you think everything is fine until it's not, because it cannot sustain a hit of an economic collapse or a lawsuit or someone getting sick or dying in the family. The whole thing is like quicksand and falls apart. You know, so so it is a mindset about going out, that. you know, what do you need? Who do you need to collaborate with? What resources do you need to enhance? It's a it's an abundance mindset. And I always go back to the reference of a farmer. If you need 12 crops to live on, if his family needs 12 crops to live on in a year and he only plants 12 crops, What's going to happen when the locusts come or, you know, the storm comes and it cuts his crop down to three? He's going to be starving. But that was a very normal thing for him to do. He needed 12. He planted 12. Then there was the farmer who needed 12 and planted 100. And everyone said, when is enough enough? Why do you work so hard? Why why are you so greedy? But then the locusts come and wipe out half of his crop and he still has 50 left. And then guess what? Those same people who were nattering and complaining about him are coming. I'm entitled give me some food that is so powerful and about building on a structure of a solid foundation built on ethics and morals that um have so much abundance that you are able to sustain and even flourish and prosper while enduring the hits of life that is extremely powerful and honestly super valuable because I never thought of it like that. And I know that the word it gets thrown around sometimes very loosely, but the way that you have phrased it has, at least for me, it's really put a lot into perspective that I can apply into my own life. You know, we see the successes. It's very easy with social media, right? YouTube, all the good things. We see the exterior, but I want to dive into the challenges and the, 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 the very struggles that you've been through, right? Was 2008 the one or can you or can you share, you know, what was the toughest moment in your life? Because how did you get out of that? We want to know all the things. So let's let's dive deep. Let's get to the ugly and then let's get to the pretty. (laughs) Well, you know, 2008 was a was difficult in the sense that I really had to confront myself and I had to get honest and real about the the data that I had been operating with. You know, and that and that's hard to confront, you know, because they say knowledge is power. But what if you have the wrong knowledge? What if you have the knowledge that you're embedded with uh, all men hold you back and then you're trying to be in a marriage? Or what if you have the wrong data that money is the root of all evil and then you're trying to be wealthy and provide for your family? You know what I'm saying? What if you have the, 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 the wrong knowledge that you have to be this independent, powerful woman and do everything on your own, but it's not possible. Like, so I had to look at, well, who am I really? And where did this other stuff come from? And what am I willing to adjust about my thinking? And do I have the courage to stand on in my own two feet and say, no, I reject that concept. That might be your concept. That's not my belief and be strong enough and powerful enough to walk in my own steps, whether I made a mistake or not. I'm not going to blame it on somebody else. I made the mistake. Now I can be responsible for it. I can make my adjustments and continue to move forward. And so that was one thing that I did in 2008 that was very difficult. Um, I was very worried about what other people were going to think and I'm in hindsight, very proud that even in the face of all that fear, I still stood my ground and walked my path. 
Now, in 2020, when COVID happened and everything shut down and I happen to be a very hyper person, I do not like being confined into a home. I don't like rules. I lived in this building. You got to wear a mask. I understand. I'm just, I'm just telling you like the ugly, right? Like I know that's not PC and I should be respectful of other people and wear the mask. And I did, but I don't like that. I don't like that. The beach was closed, that the pool was closed that I couldn't go outside that we could only take like little walks up the street once a day, you know, it depressed me. I'm, I'm a people person. I, I like action and and I'm confined. And now I've got Grant in a room with me who's like equally or more so with more energy. And the two of us were like colliding. It was like, wait, I used to do my thing. Now I'm doing my thing. And you're yelling at me because my book's on a table. Like, like this is, this is, we're going for big. And now we're arguing about like mess on a kitchen table. Like that's demeaning to me. You know what I mean? So in last year we had to rework like well, what are we going for? And what is the real picture? And how can we cohabitate and work together? We almost had to reset. And there was a lot of external um, outside influences that were challenging. You know, we were under a lot of skeptic, not skepticism, criticism. We were under a lot of criticism. We had to fire a whole department. You know, our staff had to take pay cuts, just real gut-wrenching stuff. We had to shrink you know, everything about us is about expansion. This is where we're going in life, our purpose. So now we're forced to shrink and people are hating us for it. I mean, it's it's a lot of pressure. I, I mean, not to mention all the other stuff like phony lawsuits and some guy trying to do a, I mean, you want to hear the ugly? Some guy trying to put a class action suit on I really on do. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll tell you. So uh, some some guy tries to start a class action suit against our Cardone Capital. Like the, the one of the biggest things I'm the most proud of is that we own 10,000 apartment units and we opened it up for the quote unquote every day, the little people that I fought for, you know, to open, um, to non-accredited investors, right? Uh, we had to spend like whatever we we spend for the accredited investors, like let's say to open the fund is 10,000, 20,000. Well, in order to open it for the non-accredited, which I fought for, by the way, this was one of my brilliant ideas. Oh, but my friends need to be a part of this. And why is this so good for your rich friends? So I make my husband spend a half a million dollars go through nine months of SEC, like approving us for the process, big pain in the ass. Okay, that gets approved. Yay, Elena gets her way. We get non-accredited investors. Now we have some jackass who comes in for $5,000 and now wants to say, I'm putting you under a class action suit because I'm not happy. Although he had never not been paid. Uh, we offered his money back, but now he thinks he's going to go start this thing and the lawyers are going to get rich. That stresses you out because now we're trying to go buy other properties. All of this during COVID, by the way, amongst all the haters that hate us because we let a department go and all the other criticism. Um, so now the SEC is crawling under our, like all through the books, which, you know, we're clean. We're like not afraid, but like anybody else, when SEC is going through every little, you know, pinhole, you kind of get scared. Did we miss something? Did we forget to cross a T, a dot and I? Like, it's scary, right? Pressure. Anyway, so we have that going on. In the meantime, that all recently, just to tie up that story, in the last, like, month, 
that story got released and um, the judge like slammed the lawyer. They had nothing. It didn't even go to uh, discovery. So like didn't make it to depositions, nothing. Didn't, he was like, you have no basis. This is a total bogus. And, you know, I want to be able to go out there and yell the guy's name and say, I hate him and make, put his head on a spike and parade him around to show everyone don't mess with us. But guess what? I can't do that because then he could sue me for defamation. Although he can butcher my name for an entire year. Other companies like well, we're trying to buy projects and, and assets, they see, oh, there's a pending class action suit. I don't want to sell you this property because I don't know what's going to come of this. And it taints us for a year, like trying to, you know what I'm saying? This is, these are the, like, Absolutely. you just asked about the ugly. This is just the tip of the iceberg, but you get the point. It's not easy. I mean, thank you so much for yeah. being so transparent because so many people need to hear this. They think, oh, once you get money, it's like, the end all be all and it's not and you're talking about immense amount of pressure and stress on your physical body and even emotional spiritual levels i want you to talk a little bit about what what do you do how do you handle that pressure and still be able to sleep through a night like what what is that for you what do you what do you do i'll tell you because this isn't the first rodeo so this isn't the first time like again i've had i have so many things in the pipeline like that's over and done with. That's just like another like hit, you know, boom, boom. you learn how to take them. What, what I do, because uh, a long time ago, I had gone into, you know what? I don't need this. This is BS. I don't need to be transparent. I wanted to quit. I wanted to stop. Um, I wanted to kill the person, honestly. You know, I got a little Italian in me. So I go straight up like get the mafia over here let's get rid of this guy and then i think you know what that's not pro survival that's not that's not going to be a good thing elena you would not look good in jail when your roots and your you don't have your nails and like it's not going to be a pretty scene let's avoid I'm doing that at all costs so then i came up with a brilliant idea you know um i didn't come up with it um, a man by the name l ron hubbard came up with it he said flourish and prosper and that clicked in my head, flourish and prosper. And so it, I, I realized in that moment that if I stopped or stopped revealing and being transparent to others, I cut them off from being able to have access to a winning formula. And, and, and I actually do a disservice, not just to myself, but to them. And I, and I shrink and they win. So I always go back to what do I do? I flourish and prosper. When I get the hate, or I get like things that are stressful, I figure out how can I go bigger? How can I help more people? How can I uh, make a bigger difference for the better on this planet? And, 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 and then I find new ways to collaborate with people and more businesses to take on and succeed in. And that's my answer. And the more I get myself focused on that purpose, I, I find myself legitimately not having hateful, vengeful thoughts for anyone. It's just, I, they just go away. I become so busy producing and winning and helping that I thrive off of that. And there's no, like, I don't even care. Like, I don't even want that guy who did the class action suit. Like, I don't even wish ill upon him. Like, I, I just don't care. I just understand, right. you know, I understand. I have a lot more understanding for people like that. They just, 
They can't create any products of their own and they know they never will. And they're, they're vampires. They just try to take from others. And that's just, that's just being able to confront evil. And I can confront evil and I can continue to do good. I love that. That's so powerful. Your mindset is just goals. (laughs) How do you achieve such a mindset like that, right? Like, you know, the the journey to success is it's just up and down. It's really a, a roller coaster. And you've definitely, you know, proven that today. What does it take? Like, what is that mindset that you have? Like, what did you learn? How did you get to this place where your mind is so sharp? I'm old. I'm a lot older than you. <laughs> um, um, no, it, but it, but it, but confidence does come from doing what you say you're going to do. And so I have a lot of confidence. I know when I say something, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to like, I don't give up. I know myself. I, I, I'm not very motivated. I'm not a motivated person that skipped over me. I'm a very disciplined person. I do it anyway. I'll moan. I'll complain. Um, like, so another thing that I do is I train every morning. I do boxing MMA every morning for like an hour and a half. Um, and, and, and it helps my mind to be sharp and to put myself into uncomfortable situations and make me push through. So I'm constantly figuring out and learning and challenging myself all the time. So I don't know what the question was. How do I do it? How do I learn? How do I observe? It's just taken... It's just, I just am. I, 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 I'm always trying to improve and to be better. So um, not looking for shortcuts. Mm-hmm. That's an important one. I love that. I really enjoyed our conversation today, but I would love for you to talk about this new venture. So you became a realtor. So out of COVID, I, I suffered this, you know, this, the depression thing that I like, I, I just don't usually feel that. Um, mm but I found myself really feeling depressed during COVID there were, you remember there was all this turbulence and, and there was a lot going on. If you remember riots and, and, and depression and where is the world going? I don't know. Where am I going? I'm not helping enough people. I'm not doing enough depression. I made a decision to make um, myself bigger, better, and stronger on the other side. And I, I thought, how, what is my superpower? My superpower is I'm the woman behind the man. I know how to do that behind the scenes support. Like I'm a support. How can I not monetize, but monetize, but how can I do duplicate that for the masses? Because I've done it for grant. I'm going to continue to do it for grant and our organization. I have that. My, my kids are older, 10 and 12 now. I'm still an, a, a mother, but like I can do more. So I was looking at MLMs during that time because I saw a lot of people laid off. Remember all the losses of jobs and you're hearing the reports all the time. Finally, I had to turn off the news. I'm like, can't do anything about this until I could. <laughs> so all, all of that, I started studying these MLMs because I thought that is my genius. I could create and assist all these other empire builders in helping them build their empires and not rely on a traditional like job where they can actually have this second source of income. But the problem was, how do I, not to sound arrogant, um, I really don't want to sound like that, but try to put yourself in my mindset. How do I, as Elena Cardone, 10X, like everything that we've got going on, how do I step sideways and go now work for an MLM company. Like it doesn't make sense. The story's not there. Mm-hmm. So my husband um, 
Grant and Glenn Sanford, the founder of EXP, were on a phone call. They were very excited about the phone call. They said in order for the the action to transpire, Grant needed to become a realtor. Well, that wasn't going to happen. So I volunteered. I was like, I've become an asset to my husband, to anyone who needs me. I'll get the realtor license. I get the realtor license in 28 days. No easy task. Um, and then I discovered that EXP is like an MLM, although it's not technically, it is. Like I can make uh, money off of seven layers, but I can build out the, wait, I, I, I was putting it all together. I can build the largest, most successful real estate team in the world and profit from a rev share organization doing what I do best, supporting others and building their empires. It was the perfect vehicle. It was like an MLM but it was one that I could work with because now Glenn and Grant were working hand in hand. It's real estate. I have 10,000 units. We're going to 40. Like I love real estate. Um, it was just the perfect vehicle. So I, I'm, I've been an active realtor for 60 days. I have two projects under contract. I don't just want to be an input. Thank you. I don't want to just be an influencer, although I will use that to attract and build up that rev share organization, but I also want to walk the talk. So I'm coming in as, a quote unquote, nobody, somebody who knows nothing from the ground floor. And I'm learning how to sell luxury high-end real estate. And so I surround myself exactly what I would tell anyone else to do. Surround yourself with people who know more than you do in the area that can provide the infrastructure and the support and the mentorship while you're learning the ropes. Exactly what I would ask anyone else to do is exactly what I'm learning myself right now. Oh, I love that. Congratulations. Congrats. I mean, listen, we already know that you're a powerhouse, but this was just like, and in 28 days, like, girl, like that is crazy. Well, your goals, honestly, like everything that you're doing, you know, we just want to share our gratitude, first of all, for doing it and also for paving the way. Mm -hmm. You know, we've personally followed you and admired you for quite some time. And now we're so excited that we're able, you know, that you said yes to us. You were a yes and that you're able to provide value to our audience in this conversation. So many gems. So many yes. gems, and we're just so thankful. Oh, it was such an honor. I'm really, thank you so much for inviting me and having me on your show. I appreciate it. And thank you for trusting me with your audience. Of course. Thank you so much. But before we sign off, I have one last question for you. Do you believe that we can have it all? Million percent. You can definitely have it all. You have to be willing to give something up. You can't have it all and not be willing to make a sacrifice or, or, or you would already have it all. So you can change your seat at the table, but it requires you getting up and leaving your old suit, seat and moving to the new one. What are you willing to give up? Old friends, bad habits, what is it? A new mindset, I had to give it up. I had to give up thinking I was an independent, strong, powerful woman who had to make it all on my own. I had to give up the thought that money was evil. I had to give up the thought that a man was gonna hold me back. I had to give up old ideas in order to have it all, but it was worth it. What's, what do you want and what are you willing to give up? Oh, I, I, had to, I had to give up excessive alcohol drinking or recreational drug usage like that I was doing prior. I had to give things up. I had to stop hanging out with people who were happy and content with me being good just the way I was. I didn't want to be just the way I was. I wanted to be better. I want to be around people who want me to be better, not happy with the way I am, who push me to want to be better. I had to give that up. 
sometimes those people think they earn the seed in life for you just because they're your childhood friend or maybe even a family member. They don't earn like the right to be an anchor and to hold me back. I have to cut the cord sometimes or educate them and say, hey, this is where I'm going. This is how I need you to talk to me. That, that way that you used to be and I used to be, it's no longer going to work. We're either going to do it this new way or it's done. And then if they want to be on board, they go with you on the journey. If not, they got to go. But when they go, I have it all. What do you want? What do you want? You want to stay the same or you want something else? You want an empire? Everyone, Elena Cardo. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so, so much, Elena. You really are incredible and we're so grateful. Thank you for your time today. A million percent. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. If you want to learn more about Elena, her course, and her powerhouse book, Build an Empire, please visit elenacardone.com. Subscribe and leave us a review on all of your favorite platforms. This helps us continue to bring you powerful conversations just like this to you every single week. And text us to the phone number below for subscriber-only freebies and perks to help you become the best version of yourself. As always, we encourage you to continue on with this conversation. Keep being the strong, amazing woman that you are and never forget to live inspired. Until next time, MW. Always love Melissa and Stephanie Carcace.